time enough at last. Submitted for your consideration to sci-fi fans, Sean Majors and Keith Conrad. Rewatch The Twilight Zone from beginning to end. It's like something out of that Twilighty show about that zone. Picture of the spaceship E-89 cruising above the 13th planet of star system 51. The year 1997. In a little while, supposedly, the ship will be landed and specimens taken, vegetable, mineral, and if any animal. These will be brought back to overpopulated Earth, where technicians will evaluate them and, if everything is satisfactory, stamp their findings with the word inhabitable and open up yet another planet for colonization. These are the things that are supposed to happen. Episode number 108 of The Twilight Zone was Death Ship. And uh, Sean, this is uh, actually the second straight, I believe, uh, episode that was written by Richard Matheson. Yeah. And uh, Richard Matheson responsible for uh, I Am Legend and uh, Somewhere in Time, the the story that takes place on Mackinac Island where my wife and I are going to move to one day. It, it's our own little uh, stop at Willoughby. So many, going... so many connections. Right? Uh, Richard Matheson, uh, uh, I, I want to say Richard Matheson was from Chicago. Let, let's, let's check it out because, uh, as we're going to get into, there's not a whole lot to this episode. <laughs> How many Richard Matheson's are worth in today's dollars? Man, I gotta <laughs> put a construction hat on that, on that joke. Uh, no, he's, uh, he's actually from New Jersey. He's not, uh, he's not. From uh, Maybe I'm thinking of Richard, Richard K. Dick. You know, another, uh, another sci-fi writer who did a lot of short stories, who, which became a lot of uh, TV shows and movies. Yeah, Richard Matheson, uh, he wrote a he wrote a thing or two. Oh, Philip K. Dick. Sorry, Richard K. Dick is his brother or something. <laughs> so I, was, I was combining the two. Uh, so it's uh, it, it's starring uh, Jack Klugman, and uh, I, I'm I feel like I'm forced to ask: Was there ever a time where Jack Klugman played someone who's happy? No. <laughs> Every every single photo I've ever seen of him, he 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 has that like uh, signature scowl. Yeah, because he's in he's in quite a few Twilight Zone episodes. I mean, he's he's up with Burgess Meredith probably in in terms of uh, Twilight Zone appearances. And uh, you know, there's the one where he plays the trumpet player, and he's not necessarily angry. He's just kind of sad. Yes, so he's definitely not happy during this. It's like he's uh, he, he was like the straight man in the odd couple, right? He was. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's playing something closer to that character than like angry. Um, yeah. And so this uh, episode follows space cruiser E89, <laughs> which I, I wonder what, you know, like uh, like aircraft carriers, they have like like slogans and everything. Does, does yeah. E89 have anything or are they just, <laughs> you know, they're. they're the replaceables. My my um the very first thing I, I thought when I saw the ship is I need Keith's thoughts on why they just made it a flying saucer and not like because we've seen spaceships, we've seen rockets, we've seen a variety of builds on crafts that astronauts are on in the Twilight Zone. Have there been too many flying saucers that quote unquote humans are in? Uh, I don't, I don't, I, I think you're, you're right. There's probably about, it's probably about half and half. 
And I think uh, the, uh, rockets and uh, uh, so I, here's what I think uh, tends to to be the the deciding factor here. Yeah, the ones where they use rockets tend to be ones where there's like where they can just use like file footage. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> and the ones where uh, they use flying saucers are ones where you see them get out. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's basically, you know, again, going back to, you know, something we've talked about uh, many times where, you know, they're they're using the, the flying saucer from uh, Forbidden Planet again. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that was just a set that was handy. So they probably, they, you know, they, they used that. So that was probably the deciding factor for for just about all of them. You know, depending on what they were what they were doing, because the uh, the the one where the the ast the astronauts um, or the invaders uh, fighting the giant silent woman, um, right? That we find out it's from like the Air Force. That I, I think that was a flying saucer in that episode too. It it was yeah, but that was that was a model. So, so that yeah, was, yeah, definitely different. So so that they could have done something different, but they decided not to. They just yeah. they just went with the uh, flying saucer, and, and it's funny because you know like starting in late 1940, once people no longer had World War II to occupy their minds. Like that's when people start seeing flying saucers. So it's like oh, it's funny to me that that they just went all in and said, "Yeah, flying saucers are are what we're going to use." Interesting for, for for spaceships. So this uh, this particular ship is uh, out on a, a mission to um, to seek out new life and civilizations to you know boldly go where where no one has gone before, and uh, they they find out that somebody actually has gone there before. Because they uh, they they see a um, a uh, they, they they see something on the uh, on the surface of this planet, and they you know one of the officers. I, I don't. Do they even have names? Yeah, I did not uh, notice it while I was watching, but I, the Wikipedia page tells me Captain Paul Ross, Lieutenant Ted Mason, and Lieutenant Mike Carter. Oh, yeah, I do remember uh, Ted Mason because uh, at one point he's looking at the ID badge on on, uh, and it says the Theodore Mason. And I think when the, when some of them see their uh, significant others, uh, they probably call each other by name. Probably, yeah. That that's a that's a good point. Um, so yeah, and this is this is an episode where um, I think I think much like he's alive uh, that we talked about a couple weeks ago. I think there's a shortened version of this one that has shown up in at, at various times because I didn't remember uh in previous viewings seeing like the the flashbacks to them interacting with their families and things like that like it, i i remember this episode actually being very like a b c and d they land on the planet yeah um they see their other selves and then they're fighting over whether or not they should leave and whether that would cause it and and like that's what the episode is about and not um not not any of the things where they they see their families and things like that yeah, I'm trying to remember that too because I, while I was watching this, I was getting that like very unique brand of Twilight Zone deja vu, where it's like, well, they've told this story before, you know, like 25 episodes ago. But maybe, mm -hmm. and I kind of had that feeling while I was watching this. Maybe I just I've seen the 30 minute version without <laughs> without the running into uh, significant others, etc. Um, yeah, maybe it was shaved down. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that's probably what they did. Uh, you know, and probably for uh, for syndication. Yeah. Is there's, you know, there's five seasons of The Twilight Zone. And the way it works now is in order, I mean, now syndication, syndication is, you know, kind of, kind of different because now they all have their own streaming yeah. platforms they can put stuff on. But, um, you know, it used to be that you had to be around for five seasons and X number of episodes in order to get a syndication deal. And so I could see that at some point when they were syndicating the Twilight Zone, which they were for quite a while before sci-fi sapped up the rights. Yeah. Uh, I could see that, you know, they had to come up with a fifth season or, you know, they had they had to, to fill in the gaps as far as getting yeah. to appropriate number of episodes. And they probably took a few of these and, and shaved them down into uh, episodes that were not quite so stretched out in an, into an hour. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so the uh, the our intrepid trio lands on this uh, lands on this uh, planet. Although a lot of times in the Twilight Zone, it ends up just being an asteroid. But I, I think this yeah. was supposed to be a planet. <laughs> yeah, Anyways, it was. Uh, they open the windows and they see basically uh, another ship that looks exactly like their own, uh, off in the distance, uh, having crashed. Right, another flying saucer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, when they when they uh, when they go up to it, they see that it's actually also E eighty nine, which I'm not sure if that's supposed to be like a type of of uh, flying saucer, or it's supposed to be like the name of their ship. I'm I'm, I'm not sure which. I would imagine it's the uh, <clears throat> um, it's the unique name of their ship um, because they refer to their own ship as like the E eighty nine. I think. Okay, that, that, so, I, I'll 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 take that as canon. Uh, <laughs> uh, so they climb on board the uh, the the old reliable E eighty nine, and uh, they they find uh, themselves uh, dead inside the, uh, the the spacecraft, which is not something you would normally expect to find. No, no, uh, only in the Twilight Zone. Am I right? Probably, yeah. <laughs> Twilight Zone. Maybe Outer Limits. I mean, uh, you know, the Outer Limits tended to be uh, more just, "Hey, look at this weird thing that happened." Yeah. <laughs> so I would, see it, I would see it being more likely to happen in the. Uh, in the uh, oh my gosh, um, yeah, uh, definitely uh, something that's going to bl blow your mind. Honestly, um, I actually watching this, um, you know, trying to put myself in in that position and just the internal, uh, you know, conversation that they have, you know, some try to rationalize it, some try to, you know, just talk about what they see in front of them. Yeah. I, uh, I, me, I, I'm trying to think, uh, if I saw myself, would I be like, Ooh, look at that handsome guy. <laughs> Ooh, what is this homunculus doing? <laughs> I'd just uh, be like, well, that's not me. Right. <laughs> it's not me. Oh, that guy needs to lose some weight. Oh, it's Ooh. me. <laughs> oh no! Oh God! Uh so yeah, that 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 was my thought. Not not necessarily seeing uh, seeing myself dead and and thinking the implications, but ooh, look at that guy's ugly mug. <laughs> oh wait, it's me. Uh so so they uh, they 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 basically um, they they're basically sort of fighting over what to do next. Is 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 what happens. Yeah, because um, you know they what the two lieutenants basically say. We we got to get out of here. 
<laughs> but yeah. uh, the captain says, well, if we do that, then obviously we're going to crash and end up. This is a, you know, this is a um, prologue to what's going to happen to us if we try to leave here. Yeah. So uh, at some point, they, they don't really explain how this happens, but Carter uh, finds himself um, just just walking on a on a on a road on Earth. And then he finds uh, uh, two a uh, couple people who uh, he knows who are dead. Right. So apparently, in the Twilight Zone, death is just walking on a road. Yes. That <laughs> you know, there's uh, there's the passersby. The Civil War. Uh, that is the case. There's um, uh, the hunt. Yeah. Where, yeah. Uh, he's he's walking on a road at one point. So apparently. Dog. You know, like Sisyphus is is pushing that boulder up uh, for all eternity. Uh, when you die, basically, you're just walking on a road forever. And you know, like usually portrayed as a nice walk down a nice road where like birds are chirping, the sun's out, and you kind of run into loved ones. So, not a bad portrayal. Yeah, and then the the captain shows up. Like he's he's having a nice time, and then literally Jack Klugman shows up, just being angry <laughs> as Jack Klugman does. That is one way to rest yourself after a pleasant dream. Jack Klugman <laughs> shows up. Yeah, when that happens, you know it's not going to be a positive experience. No, not at all. <laughs> um, so, uh, so uh, he pulls it. So you know, now he's he's back to life, back to reality. <laughs> and um, so he believes that. Uh, there's aliens, and they're uh, they're, they're basically they're they're trying to make the the humans scared so that they'll they'll leave. Yeah, um, which happened in um, uh, I, I don't know if you ever uh, read the the Martian Chronicles by Ray Bradbury or no. uh, saw the the incredibly um, it's it's so cheesy it's entertaining uh, TV movie that they made. Might watch that today. Uh, you, you should. And there, there's actually uh, one of the uh, one of the expeditions that lands on Mars. They see all their dead loved ones. Oh yeah. And then it sort of lulls them into a false sense of security, and it's it, the Martians basically poison them. You know, as their as their loved ones, um, and and it's because they they want to keep the uh, the humans away. Yeah. So I, kind of the kind of the same basic idea. Yeah. But, very, very similar. Yeah, that they're they're trying to scare the the humans away. Uh, why would anybody be worried about humans coming by? I I I, I can't understand it. Um. So basically, Ross wants to take the ship back into space because he says that'll that'll break the spell. Yeah, he's now uh, <laughs> reverse it like the the two lieutenants and the captain were they're on opposing sides you know the entire episode but they they switch places right yeah and uh so so basically they they go up into space and they 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 actually see that um that basically that that ross is right that um that you know they they're able to get back up into space uh just fine yeah. and then that's where that's where things <laughs> take a turn because Ross says, okay, now that we know that this is what's happening, let's go back. 
Uh, I, and, and, you know, the, the other two, they're like, okay, we escaped. This is great. And Ross is like, okay, we can go back now because because we know what's, what's going on. I kind of laughed at this. Like when, the, when this happened, I thought it was kind of funny because they were like, oh my God, thanks. Oh, thank God. I can't believe we got through that. And then and Jack, Jack Luckman's like, all right, we're just going to go back down now. All right, back we go. And, um, <laughs> So, so yeah, so the crew lands again and they, they discover that the, uh, you know, the, 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 the craft presumably with their dead cells, cause I don't think they go back into the ship. They, they just, they just see it sitting there. And so, uh, so actually back, they're, they're dead. And so they're back where they started. So bef- when, when they were kind of arguing, uh, when Klugman wanted to land the, the ship again and the two lieutenants, uh, um, you know, they were kind of fighting over the controls. I thought that was going to make the, the plane, the, the ship crash. And then that would have fulfilled the prophecy. Mm-hmm. So when they actually land, I'm like, man, this, the story just keeps going and going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, um, so, so Ross is like, you know, we're going to figure out uh, what's going on. And then suddenly they do like a smash cut to the very beginning of the of the the episode where you know like the uh, the the one uh, uh, crew member he sees something on the surface and Ross says I don't see anything and sort of shrugs it off. Yeah. So um, there's like a, a, apparently it's supposed to be a version of them that uh, goes on with their lives and and does just fine, and then a a another version that's you know stuck in stuck in this this endless loop forever yeah and they kind of like the way the episode ends you know you kind of i think the audience is led to blame the captain Mm -hmm. for for getting them into this time loop but i feel like they probably would have been in that any you know in some kind of you know limbo like that anyway if the two lieutenants are experiencing you know these hallucinations just while you know standing in their ship yeah so and uh you know so then uh jj abrams was watching this and was like i'm, <laughs> I'm gonna turn i'm gonna turn this hour-long episode into a into a whole series and everybody's gonna love the ending of it you know it felt like this episode kind of felt like five seasons it did a little bit and and it the funny thing was like if there was a scope down version you know like maybe this is a mandela effect in there i, I yeah. never actually saw a scope down version of it but if there was i mean it, it proves that uh you know this this episode was a lot longer than it needed to be oh 100 uh, you know it, it was it it's the it's the episode equivalent of the meeting that should have been an email picture of a man who will not see anything he does not choose to see including his own death a man of such indomitable will that even the two men beneath his command are not allowed to see the truth. Which truth is that they are no longer among the living. That the movements they make and the words they speak have all been made and spoken countless times before. And will be made and spoken countless times again. Perhaps even unto eternity. Picture of a latter-day flying Dutchman sailing into the twilight zone. Abatron?